It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. Presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook, the one and oh, Go Birds podcast, the podcast that features the man who said that it would be a blowout, the man who believed in this team, Elliot Shore Parks, in my wildest dreams, buddy, in my wildest dreams, that I think I would be talking to you right now after that game at 32 to 6. And yes, the Falcons might be horrible. Who knows? It's just one week, but. Man, if they're going to be good, if Jalen Hurts is going to be good, if this thing's going to work, it would have looked like it looked today. Elliot, how are you, buddy? Am, am I just the smartest beat writer to ever cover this team? Oh, like, am buddy. I just like, do you think there'll ever be a time in my life where I'm wrong? Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm going to stop. 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 But no, look, we talked on the last pod about how leading into this game, I was worried because all offseason I've been saying, you know, they'll be good, blah, blah, blah. And even in my wildest dreams, did I never think it would go that well. I mean, 32 to 6. I'm on the pregame. I'm on the pregame show with Glenn Mack now before the pod. And he goes, I said my prediction, which was 38 to 21. And he goes, All right, put down the bottle. What's your real prediction? They had 32 points. Like, I mean, look, there's going to be so much to get into with this team. But I I think where I want to start first is what you said, because it's true. The Falcons are bad. We know the Falcons are bad. The the Falcons are going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. But I think what this game showed is that the Eagles 
are not one of the worst teams in the league. Like that, the Falcons are what an actually bad team looks like. The Falcons are what a team looks like that doesn't have any any talent along the lines. That only has Calvin Ridley, right? That Matt Ryan actually thought played well for stretches, but ultimately Matt Ryan's not their guy moving forward. They have no talent on defense. Nobody on defense looked good today. That's what a real bad team looks like. What the Eagles looked like is a team that has a lot of talent, is a team that who knows how many games they'll win, but they're a team that's capable of playing really good football. And we'll see how many times they do it this year. We'll have a preview pod for the Niners. Newsflash, they're going to beat the Niners. But like oh, this buddy. is they're going to they're going to beat the <laughs> Niners. Win. They're going to beat the Niners, right? So like the Eagles are a talented team. And that's what you saw today. Who knows where that will lead them? Maybe they won't win the division. Like, who knows, right? But they're talented. Nick Sirianni is a good coach. And if Jalen Hurts was a top three pick, if Jalen Hurts was drafted to be the franchise guy, the game he played today might lead SportsCenter off, right? Like, Jalen Hurts continues to be overlooked because he was a second-round pick. And the Eagles played a part in that. The Eagles, you know, said that they drafted him to be a backup and all those things. Like, all that's true. But you have got, not you, but people have got to stop looking at Jalen Hurts as a second-round pick. Jalen Hurts checks every box you want in a franchise quarterback, and he showed it today. He was sacked one time despite there being pressure. He did an excellent job moving up in the pocket. He made some great throws. That pass to Goddard was really good. Like He checks every single box you want, and people have to start looking at him that way instead of continuing to view him as a backup. Yeah, so so much in there, and obviously we'll dive into to so much with this game, and you know, just on a, a basic level, I'm 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 just so happy. You know, it, it's such a uh, you know your week is made when this happens. But to the point you made before, I mean, look, if and again to your point, this is a bad Falcons team. They were a mess, but the Eagles handled them. It wasn't like oh they scraped by a bad Falcons team. They dominated that football game. They had two fourth down conversions they missed. Like it could have easily been worse. Once the defense tightened up after the first couple drives, like it could have gone really bad. And it was a, a dominant showing. And and I don't know. I, I tweeted this, but I, I honestly feel like considering Jalen Hurts's experience level, his age, he's twenty three years old. It's unbelievable considering that, considering how little he has played in the NFL, what we saw out there today, like, I don't know how you could not be ecstatic about this guy, how you could not be so excited to see what his future holds and what he could do for this team. Like, yes, the Falcons stink. Could it just be a bad defense and all that? Sure. But what I saw is a guy who carried himself the right way, wasn't at all, all scared of the moment or not big enough for the moment a guy who has all the physical abilities you can want yeah did he underthrow a few throws sure but he was poised he has a great instinct for when the rush is coming he has complete and total command out there and he made some high level throws man like yeah. that touchdown to goddard you were at the game so you didn't hear it but all the announcers did and it was a great catch but all the announcers did was gush about the dallas goddard catch and i'm like what are you talking about the throw was a thousand times better like what a throw to feel the rush and pull out to the right like that and fire that ball into that hole there like Man, I, I was so impressed, Elliot. I was so impressed. I'm so well, you and I were both in on him, and as the season came closer, I even you weren't on the show on Saturday, Go Birds, but the whole show was about how like I I think he's gonna be a star. Like I'm in on this guy, and and there's a long way to go, but everything you could possibly want to see from him today, you saw. And hey, by the way, you know who else looked pretty damn good? 
Nick Sirianni, the play caller, yeah. Nick Sirianni, the game manager, like the biggest issue, the penalties, we'll get to all that stuff. They were definitely not as tight and and as, as you know, oiled machine as you want it to be. But, man, I thought Sirianni had a great day too, Elliot. I, I don't know how you could be anything but incredibly and excited and encouraged. We don't know where the season's going to go, but, like, what a start, man. There is real hope here. Yeah, and before we get into more like the specifics, one last kind of big picture thing I'll say is so I'm, I'm walking out of Mercedes-Benz Stadium today, and I'm thinking, you know, like this is the first time in a while the Eagles have blown anybody out. So I'm waiting for my lift. I take out my phone. I'm looking at like past scores from the past few years. The Eagles haven't won a game by this much of a margin. Was it since, since 2017? Yeah, the the championship game. Get out of here against dude. the Vikings, and then earlier that's that year they beat. Yeah, the Broncos and the Cardinals. They had a yeah, bunch of exactly. those that year. Yeah. But that's wild, Elliot. But but it, it, to me, what it really highlighted is like even and look, we've been doing this pod together, you know, for just me and you for a year, and then longer than that as well. Like so many times, we would do the post game pod, and it would be like, all right, so they beat the Cowboys, but Carson Wentz had four turnovers, so yeah. like. That's not great. Or like, you know, they beat the Packers, but, you know, the passing game was bad and the defense struggled and Darius Slay was like, this was an actual dominating performance. Yeah. And yeah. and again, and I feel like we're going to say it a thousand times and I almost want to put a stop to us just saying the Falcons are bad because we all understand that. But like the Eagles have played bad teams over the last three years. Like the Falcons are bad, but they're not like historically bad. Like the Eagles have played teams over the past three years that are just as bad, if not worse than the Falcons. And they didn't do this to them. Right. Like they didn't come out. They didn't come out and drive right down the field for a touchdown. Like I guarantee you, if the Falcons did what they did on the first two drives over these last few years on defense or on. uh, Yeah. Like if their offense did that against Eagles defense, there's no way the Eagles only hold hold them to six points. Like we've seen the start of this game before. Like we've seen them go right down the field. We've seen what that looks like. And it always ends up ugly for this team. It does. And what one last thing, too, actually. Because I know I started taking, you know, a bit of a bit of a victory lap, right? But I'll put my hand up and say I was wrong about something, which is I did not give Doug Peterson enough blame for last year. Me too. Like flat out. Flat Me out. Too, man. Right? How much more creative? How much more invested was this team today? So true, man. Right. And like you're seeing it was just I mean, Nick Sirianni started this game out and it was clear that he had an absolute purpose of what he wanted to do. Like we've seen this Eagles team routinely fall behind 21 to 10, 21 to 7, like 17, 3. Right. Like all the time. That's what they do. And they, you know, they were, they're up seven, six. So it wasn't like they jumped out to a huge lead, but at least it looks like they, they had a purpose on offense. Like as if they went into the week and said, this is where we think our strengths are. And this is what we can do. Right. The screen plays to uh, Quez Watkins, the touchdown pass to Devontae Smith, uh, Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith talked about it afterwards and said the play call was perfect because they got the coverage they wanted. And Devontae said as soon as they saw the coverage, they knew it was a touchdown. Right? Like <laughs> those things just last year with Doug, they did not happen. And yeah. look, Carson lost today. Carson, I maintain, deserves a lot of the blame, but I definitely didn't put enough blame on Doug last year. And I think Sirianni today showed that. Doug did not do a good job last year, like flat out. Yeah, I think it's a great point from both the play calling perspective, but also like think about it this way, just just bringing it to now. I mean, we saw two teams playing for first time head coaches today and one team had no fight, no answers, no nothing. And the other team just kept coming. And like, especially you saw it at the end when like 
seeing the way the defensive line closed that game out with especially the interior guys just dominating Hargrave, Ridgeway, like just pressure, 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 and just closing that game out. I mean, those guys were fighting for Sirianni. They were fighting for each other. And and you know, I say that all the time. I think more than any other sport we talk about in, in America, you know, like that, that wanting it more, caring more, fighting for your guys, fighting for your coach, all that stuff matters the most in this sport. And uh, we've only got one game on the Nick Sirianni era, but his first game, his dudes went out and fought for him. And they played, other than the penalties, tight, well-played football with a lot of good play designs, a lot of good execution, outstanding quarterback play. And, and hey, you know what? A defense that after two drives, we all were sitting here going like, well, Jalen looks great, the offense looks great, but who knew? The defense is going to be our Achilles heel. And then they don't allow any more points the rest of the game, Elliot. And also, yeah. to your point, made two big stops earlier to keep those to field goals when it felt like it was knife through butter for Matt Ryan and that offense, especially the running game. So, man, just... Credit all around for how they handled this game, especially a young, inexperienced coaching staff in their first experience like this. No big gaffes, no big mistakes, no, you know, what the, you know, earmuffs, what the fuck moments, you know? Yeah. I I just, Elliot, I don't, again, to your point, yes, the Falcons are bad, but they beat the shit out of the Falcons. Like, they handled them, and it could have been worse on both sides of the ball, and we saw flashes of exciting stuff from Hurts, Devontae, you mentioned, I mean, we'll get to him more, but but just, the, the dude gets open, like, he just knows how to get open, and he's clearly yeah. just got a, a, a energy to him, and and Quez, they go to early and then disappear, but that's a, a weapon, I think, still, Rager flashes, like, Dallas Goddard with some serious flashing today, like, I I feel because we always felt good about the talent on the defensive side of the ball. I think the big takeaway from today is they can score points. Yeah, well, and look like to what you just said about how look. Well, I thought Arthur Smith like coached a bad game. Like there were a lot of decisions I thought he made that weren't uh, the right ones. There was a lot of play calls on key downs that I thought were bad. Like when are they going to learn rolling Matt Ryan out doesn't work? Like like this, they they totally. do that. They, and also, they, how about running the ball with like eight minutes left, six minutes left? They're like down two touchdowns, and they're just like plodding along. Or when he punted down twenty-two to six, oh I know they God. were on like Horrific. their own thirty, but Horrific. like so so. But regardless, to what you said about how the Eagles had more life than the Falcons, that definitely came across like in person, and it sounds like it did uh, on the TV as well. Being in the stadium when they came out for halftime, I, I mean, I tweeted this like. The Falcons had no life. The Falcons had no desire in competing in that game. Like, they were waiting for the Eagles to deal them the knockout blow. And it did take, like, probably eight or nine minutes longer than it should have. I thought the Eagles had a chance to put the game away for, like, a four- or five-minute stretch, and they didn't do it. But the Falcons had no life. And this is what I saw in the joint training camp practices. Like, and it sounded silly at the time, but it ended up meaning even more than I thought. Like, when they went against the Jets, they were the far more competitive and animated team. Like, high-fiving each other. Like, running around when they celebrated. Like, all those things. When they did it against the Patriots, they were the same way. Like, I've seen the Eagles go against three teams now. I've seen them go against the Jets, the Patriots, and the Falcons. Maybe those teams won't be playoff teams. The Falcons and the Jets certainly won't be. The Patriots, I saw they were winning earlier, but who knows? Like, But what I do know is I've seen them against three teams, and they have been the more talented team, 
they've been the more impressive team and they've been a better overall team in terms of continuity. And I think that all goes back, like the talent is Howie, but the last two, those go to Nick Sirianni. Like Nick Sirianni is a good football coach. We'll see how far that takes him, but he is a good football coach that knows how to build culture. And there's been points on this pod where we've both done it, right? Like the Harry High School thing and like, you know, how I animate, like all that stuff. It works. Like, it works. We saw it today. The Eagles wanted to win that game. The Falcons had no interest once things got tough. And that's going to matter later in the year. Yeah. I'm so with you, man. And especially, like, we've talked so much about how much, you know, obviously I think a lot of people were were not in the, uh, you know, minority here. We're definitely in the majority. But a lot of people after those early impressions have have changed. And and we're really excited about Sirianni and what he could offer. And and I think your point, like, especially with how, look, how positive and encouraging I thought a sign we saw from a play caller today, like, that was the biggest question mark. Like, I believed that this other stuff would happen and it was just confirmed today. And I wasn't there at those practices. And, you know, hand up for not recognizing it sooner. But, you know, like that, I believe in that stuff so much. I mean, I think it's yeah. a, it's a massive reason the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Like the twenty. Well, you're a big team above team. the head guy too. Yes. Like you always you always point out with quarterbacks, but it matters you know in other positions as well. And what, yeah, when you're going out to play a sport like this that is so brutal and so violent and such a war of attrition, and you lose guys, and you got to go with next man up, and it's like this this real battle to to get through a season. I think when you're playing for the guys out there, when you're fighting for your coaches and your teammates, like. That matters. Like, I really yeah. do as a, as a motivational thing. Like, again, it it takes a lot to take the beating these guys take over the course of a season, you know, to, to get back up and to go to practice and to, your whole body hurts and, you, you know, you're done a game and you can barely move and all this type of stuff. And then to keep fighting, like, you need that extra bit. You know, you need that extra 5%, that extra 7%, that extra 10%, whatever it is. And I do think that when you have a tight-knit team, a tight-knit group, that that can be that extra bit that makes a a, a six win team a nine win team or a, a nine win team a twelve win team or whatever it is or, or over the hump or in a, the end or a fourth place team the NFC into champions into a first place yeah, team yeah and the by NFC the way the champions. Giants are losing by thirteen right now so there's a very good <laughs> yeah. chance that that tomorrow well, we, we talk that. about yeah the the first place Eagles alone in first place but also back to Sirianni real quick I think the most impressive part of this from a, just a macro perspective drink um, is that. The fact that the the group of guys he's doing it with, right, in the sense that this is a team that has a real mix of, like, veterans who've won Super Bowls, who've been the dude, you know, and young players, inexperienced guys, guys who still have to prove it. And to be able to fuse all that with with a brand new coach who's never been a head coach before and all these type of things, like, again, long way to go. It's one game, but... I'm incredibly encouraged, Elliot, with what I saw from that perspective today. What Nick Sirianni's been able to build so far is, you know, in a short period of time, in a COVID offseason yeah. and all this stuff is like super impressed right now. Yeah, and and I was like and the last thing I'll say too about us continually saying like it's just the Falcons. And I'm not rubbing this in at all, but like you thought they'd lose. Like a lot of they were underdogs, right? So yep, like they were underdogs. You know, so I don't know if you can I don't know if it's fair for people to say before the game, like, oh, well, they're underdogs. And after the game, like, well, it's just the Falcons. You know, like, if, like so I think that, again, we, we can all take this into proper perspective of, like, what it is. But I, I don't think – if you're someone that's already cynical about the Eagles and, you know, you're not as cynical as other people. But like, if, if you're somebody who does not think the team's going to be good, then you're rebuttal to this. It, like, when Mad Mike calls the show on Saturday, our good friend <laughs> Mad Mike, right? 
he's going to say, oh, it's the Falcons and blah, blah, Like, all right, we'll see. But, you know, then why would you pick him to lose to the Falcons before? Like, it, you can't have it on both sides. So it'll be interesting to find out. Yeah, I'm um, I'm really excited, and I think the San Francisco won a, a really good test. You know, San Francisco let up a little bit, only ended up winning by eight, but they dominated Detroit today. They were definitely the better team. Some injuries coming in. Most are getting hurt. We'll see where he's at. So that that's going to be interesting, but uh, a nice litmus test after, you know, what is this team after that first game. But uh, it's a great point. Look, the, the Falcons might end up being one of the worst teams in football again. And, you know, we look back on this win after a season where it's not what we hope it is, but – all they could do is play who they're supposed to play. And in week one with a, a new coach facing a, another new coach, they throttled them. Like, they they, yeah. they they beat the crap out of them. So, like, I don't know. You know, and again, yes, things can happen in week one and everything can change. We talked about, like, no one knowing what Nick Sirianni is going to do. That's an advantage. All this stuff, like, that'll change. People will have tape on stuff, all that. But, I mean, from what we saw from a culture perspective, from a teamwork perspective, and from a talent perspective, especially Jalen Hurts, like, and and just the way Sirianni controlled the game and the the play calling and the the feeling for when to run and when to throw and all this stuff, like, to the to going back to the beginning of the pot, I think we can definitely say like they're not going to be a dumpster fire again. They're not going to be a four win team. Like all the people were saying, like they're going to win four, they're going to win three, they're going to win five, they're going to be one of the worst teams in football. That ain't happening. That no. ain't happening. Like they they're again. You know, anything can happen with injuries and things can go wrong and all that. But, like, based on what we saw today, if, if guys stay healthy, if if they can stay together, like, they're not going to be one of the worst teams in football, no question. And they do have a chance to be better than people expected, especially because of Hurts, man. Like, Jalen Hurts has a chance to be so much better than anyone expected. Like, he's yeah. 23 years old, dude. Like, I was so impressed with this guy today. The way he carries himself, the the field vision, the, uh, again, his ability to feel the rush, to instinctively feel the rush and be able to take off in his athleticism, the ability to run, when to run. Like, man, Elliot, I, again, I know I said it before, but I don't know how you could come away from this. Again, taking the context of everything not being incredibly impressed with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like he's dominated the highest level of college football, you know? Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like he's talented. Well, I actually, let me let me throw two Hurts thoughts at you because I was thinking this during the game. I'm going to give you one deep Hurts thought and one ridiculous Hurts thought. Okay. Okay. Uh, which do you want first? I mean, obviously the ridiculous one. Okay, so the ridiculous one... We've heard so much about the jersey numbers and how, like, you know, Tom Brady, how hard it is and this and that. Do you think there is, even if it's, like, 1% or 2%, do you think someone like Hurts, and obviously this would apply to other young quarterbacks, have any sort of advantage because they're more used to the jersey numbers from college football? First of all, I love where your head's at. Thank you. Without question. Yeah. Thank you. And I'll also say it's a point that I've heard nobody else make, and I think it's actually a great one. So. (laughs) Thank you. I don't know if he has a great advantage, but like, yeah, for sure. Even if it's like one percent, right? Yeah, somebody who's been used to it is so used to exactly. All right, cool. I'm happy it wasn't as ridiculous as I thought. Now here's the deep one, and it's kind of what we're talking about before, but but just to contextualize it more, like the dichotomy of of what Jalen Hurts is facing this season, the idea of like a guy who is getting the opportunity to be the the starting quarterback of. The Philadelphia Eagles, a massive team. Like it is such a great opportunity for this guy, but it is also a situation where he is coming in with his career in a lot of ways on the line this season, right? Because yeah. he is, even though 
he's 23 years old, Elliot, even though yeah, in we've a talked about world, this. Yeah, like sure. he would have time to grow, time to learn, time to get reps, but like he's got a year. He's got less than a year. Who knows what it is? Like this team has been openly lusting for other quarterbacks, and it's such a dichotomy for this guy to to be that age and yet have this much pressure to win, not just for this job, but his career. And to, to have him come out and just be so cool, so calm, collected, I just think we have to remember that context. Because in a perfect world, he's shown enough at the age of 23 where, like, like he should get a chance. And I don't know if he has the chance that, that it. to your point before, Elliot, if he were Trey Lance and he were the third pick in the draft, he'd have a much longer leash. Yeah, so I have, I have two thoughts off of that. First is, I think one thing that Carson Wentz era taught me is it's just incredibly pointless to try to predict if he if he can be the guy for the next five years. Like it just because right, one injury can change. Yeah, it, no. One, so I would one whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right. But what I do know is like Jalen Hurts being their quarterback is going to give them a good chance to win next week because of what he can do. Right. So like that's where I think ultimately you, we kind of. And I understand our job is to analyze, and I do it a lot too, where like, can he be the guy for the future? Like, that'll be a debate, and it's an interesting one. But at the same time, like, we just saw that trying to project four or five years down the line is basically impossible. So, and the Eagles have not had many good games from quarterbacks over the last year. So, like, I would, my advice to fans would just be just appreciate this one and not try to like talk yourself into whether he can be the guy for five years, because who knows? But, the second thing to what you said about his career being on the line, we talked about that a lot this offseason, but I think what I didn't pick up on enough was all these times we're talking about, like, you know, are they committed to Jalen Hurts? Is he the guy? Will he be the guy beyond this year? Will they move on from him? Like, I think Sirianni actually felt a lot of that. Like, uh, one thing the players said after the game today was, uh, Sirianni gave a speech on Saturday night and got like emotional and talked about like family and those type of things. And after the game, he was asked about it and you didn't want to tell what the story was, but Brandon Graham, I think might've let the bean slip a little and said how Sirianni brings up a lot about how he was ripped for his initial press conference. Right. Oh, wow. And I-, I think that like Sirianni is going into this year with an equally sized chip on his shoulders, Jalen hurts. Like, cause if Jalen hurts fails this year, He's not going to get another chance. That's just a sad reality of the NFL. Yeah, unless it's like a backup, and then maybe yeah. Well, he'll be in the league. Right. Right. Exactly. The point is not get another chance as the starting guy unless he like someone gets hurt and he does great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think Sirianni's in that same boat. Like if Sirianni fails this year, he's probably not getting another head coaching job. He was not hired as a high quality candidate. And look, he outcoached Arthur Smith, who was. So like maybe this is Doug 2.0 when Doug was ranked as the worst hire and then he won the Super, you know, all those things. But like Sirianni doesn't get multiple chances in the NFL. Like that's just not the reality of the NFL world. So I think one thing I didn't take into account is like, I think Sirianni's coming into the season with an attitude and now his players as well of like, you, like you guys laughed at me all off season, right? Like I was a national, I was mocked nationally for my introductory press conference. And now I'm here to show you that's not who I am and we'll see if it holds up. But I really think that that's his attitude. I love this. Elliot, yeah. and you know I'm a big motivation guy. I, yeah, I'm 17. I love the underdog stuff. Like I, I, anything again to the point I was making for 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 a sport like this with that's so tough to to make it through a season and to survive and to to have the fight and to want and all that. Like any little thing you can have, any little motivational tactic, I think is fantastic. And it makes sense, right, with a guy like Sirianni who is, you know, one of the the core things that we know about him is that he's incredibly competitive in every possible way and for someone like that like 
if you're competitive and you are looked at like the way he was looked at, especially nationally after this thing, like, of course you're going to want to go out and shove it in everyone's faces. Like, of course. Yeah. If I weren't competitive, I'd want to do that. If I'm a competitive maniac, I want to like do it 10 times over. So I think that's a really cool point. And I'm really happy you brought that up. I didn't know that he mentioned that. That's like a, that's a really cool thing to point out because I do think that that, that matters. And there is a motivational thing. And back to Hertz for one more thing. And then I want to, you know, fire some, 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 uh, yeah, let's get into some specifics. Yep, yeah. Yep. But uh, last thing with Hertz too, just to the point I was making with the dichotomy, I, I want to just emphasize again, like, you know, to have your career on the line in the way he does with the experience level he has and the situation he's in at the age he's in at 23, like it is remarkable to yeah. be 23 years old and have that kind of pressure and that kind of, you know, weight on you and and obviously we'll find out where it goes but so far so good but you know that's a lot man at 23 man i'm about to turn 40 in a couple weeks and like i can't imagine having that on my shoulders at my age so you know dude my my brother's i think 20 (laughs) like i just can't imagine him like going up to the podium after this game yeah when i was 23 (laughs) like i remember what an asshole i was like i remember so it's 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 pretty impressive all right um let's let's uh run through some things quickly Let's start with the running backs. I thought Miles Sanders, a, a really nice game, nice usage. Kenny Gamewell, some nice moments, obviously the touchdown. Um, and Boston Scott, did he play? Elliot, what were your thoughts? I don't think the he whole, did. Yeah, yeah, what were your thoughts of the whole running back thing and, and obviously um, you know how Miles looked, but also Gamewell over Boston, essentially? Well, I think it's pretty clear that Gainwell is going to touch the ball a ton. Like my advice, and I imagine this has already happened, but if you're in a fantasy league, like pick, yep. pick, up, pick up Kenny Gainwell, right? Yep. So – He's going to get 10 to 15 touches, and then if Miles were to get hurt, he's going to get even more. Like, they clearly already trust him a ton. He had the touchdown today. I mean, and, you know, he he looked great. Like, there were honestly plays where I was just watching, and they wear different numbers, and I'm used to, so I, I know who it was. But I do think they look, like, a little similar. Like, there's not a huge difference in how they run, in my opinion. Um, I thought that the fact they used Kenny Gainwell on that fourth down was a mistake. I wouldn't have used him there. Hundred Elliott. Elliot, hundred like you should have used Miles there. Like I, right. I probably would have taken the points there, and obviously in hindsight didn't matter at all. I, I, I think I would have taken the points, but I was not mad at all with the decision to go. I love the aggressiveness, and it made sense. But I wouldn't have given the ball to Gamble there. I'm so with you. So I don't want to get on a tangent, but I actually disagree with you on the fourth down thing. Well, so- again, I don't feel strongly about it. Like you could easily convince me. I, in my gut, I just got to be real and say my gut instinct was kick the field goal. But like. As I thought about it, I was like, you know what? I'm not mad about this, whatever, however it plays out. But my yeah. gut instinct was was take the points, but I, I'm not mad at it. I, we, I'm I, definitely not debating it. I do think that leaning aggressive is always the right move. Like, if you're on defense, then just go for it. But I also think, as a football society, we've gotten a little out of control. Like, literally, whenever a coach goes for on fourth down, now the reaction is, oh, smart move. Like, that's what you should do. Like, let's take a step back. Like, there's still benefits to taking points. You know, like, yeah. I agree you want to yeah. go for it, and I agree all those things, but, like, that doesn't mean you're, like, a coward every time you kick inside the 40. Like, totally. you know, there, I, I still think that that should be reined oh, in so a little bit. Oh, so you agree with me. So you thought he should have taken the points there. I get confused. Yeah, yeah, there. I do. Okay, yeah. okay, me yeah. too. Yeah, I thought he sh- I was, again, not angry, but I would have taken the points if it were me. Yeah, so I agree with you. Um, On the running backs, like, I think this is what we're going to see all season, and this is maybe a discussion for a midweek pod, but I'd be interested to know how Miles Sanders feels about, like, truly feels about the fact that in a contract year, he, it looks like he's going to get, you know, a, like his touches cut into. Like, and Miles is, seems to be a good teammate. Whenever I've interacted with him, he's a good guy. So who knows how he feels. But 
I know when I saw Gainwell score that touchdown, my initial thought was, yikes, like Miles probably wanted that touchdown. Like Miles needs it more. Sure, at this point, but you know? to be so, fair, he I mean Miles had nineteen touches and, and one more target than that, like essentially twenty times the ball was trying to get in his way. I mean, that's that's what the NFL is, and that's the position I, yeah, I too, I'm you just, know. But I, I do look, I, I think anyone in that position is gonna look at the other guy and be like, yo, bro, back off. That's my Yeah, well, especially in the situation he's in. Like he's in a contract year. So yeah. um yeah. So I uh I but overall, like obviously the running backs looked great, right? I mean they 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 ran the ball well. Like I thought Miles like really did a great job making making people miss for stretches at times. Like he had the long run to start the third. There was a play later on where I thought, you know, I or a couple plays later on where I thought he really did a great job kind of making something out of nothing. So yeah, n- like no complaints about the running backs. And then yeah. Gainwell obviously to do what he did as a rookie in his first game. I think that just I mean, look, how he drafted him in the 5th round. So, no, it's a steal. No, you know I love the dude, I you know me in this draft. I'm a Devontae guy, a Dickerson you are. guy, yeah, Gainwell guy like, you know, I I am. Um, but I, I think you make great points and also obviously shout out to the the O-line which, you know, we talked about being great coming in and you know, I think there were a couple moments in pass protection. Obviously, the Grady Jarrett play a couple times where Jalen was under pressure, but for the most part, and and particularly in the running game, like they were awesome. And and Jason Kelsey, a couple of those wow blocks, the one where he was like running downfield and took out two dudes, like was was just awesome to see it. You know, he still well, got the other, it. Still got yeah, it. You know. Yeah. Well, the other interesting yeah. thing about the uh, offensive line is, or just like the team in general, if you, I think there's an argument to be made for this game. Like everything went went right, so you know they won't do this every week. But inter- interestingly enough, I actually thought like the veteran offensive linemen, like. They played well, but I think they could all play better. Like Brandon Brooks allowed a very obvious pressure, which yeah. he does not do very often. My like, lotto was amazing. My lotto was super good, but like Isaac Samalu had a few yeah. penalties he doesn't yeah. do often. You're Lane right. Johnson had a penalty. Right. Like way those too are many penalties. I think could be. Way too many penalties. Yeah, and and the interesting thing is the guys that committed the penalties were like veterans. Yeah. So like you would think those would be things you could clean up. So. It's a great point. It's a great point. All right. Um, on to the the receiving game. We'll get to the tight ends in a sec, but obviously you know Devontae Flash. I mean, doesn't get much cooler than a than a touchdown on your first NFL catch. Yeah. Uh, Quez Watkins. It looks like it's going to be the Quez Watkins game, and then we don't see him again, which is weird. And uh, Rager obviously flashed with the touchdown. What do you think? And and JJ, by the way, on the field a lot. Certainly a lot of blocking from mm-hmm. JJ. Not targeted much, but on the field. What were your takeaways from the uh, receiving game, so to speak, today? Well, I think like sooner or later they're gonna have to throw it at JJ because otherwise everyone's just gonna know he's in their block. Like, I know. So they're gonna have to do that. But um, so I was on the post game show with uh, for ninety forty by P with Rob with uh, Rob Cherry and Rob Ellis or not Rob Cherry, whoever. I was on the post game show. Yeah, I think it's Rob Cherry, right? Well, I think it was actually Dan Klecko today, but Rob Cherry is on it sometimes. Um, so they asked me about Devontae, and like the first thing that I said, and I think it sounds so simple, but it's so true, is. Like, he just did the things that receivers are supposed to do. Like, the first touchdown he caught, like, it was an easy catch, but he caught it. Like, he got open. He made the catch he was supposed to. Like, after seeing some of the poor receiver play that, you know, we've seen over the past few years, like, it just stood out to me how quality he looked. Like, there yeah. were no really bad moments. Like, he was he, he was gets as open. advertised. He, gets, he was like, as advertised. Like, that big third down conversion towards uh, in the second half. Like, really, his only second half catch. He obviously had the big first half. I think he had two catches in the second half. But but one of those two was that big third down conversion where it was like third and nine or third and 11 or whatever. And he just, he just found a hole. He just got open and made a big yeah. play. And it's like, 
I'm with you, man. And it's just, it's so exciting to have someone who you feel at that position has a chance to be a superstar. And I think he's going to be a superstar, but it's something that is really rare for us as Eagles fans. It's, I mean, T.O., you know, we really, you know, we've had really good players. Like Deshaun was a great player. Macklin was a very good player. Alshon, obviously, you know, but like Aguilar had that great year, but like not like superstars, not like, you know, Top guys, their position. It feels like Smith has a chance at that. Uh, tight ends. Obviously, Ertz missed some time. Had a, had a couple nice catches. Uh, Jalen underthrew him on that one. They got away with it. But um, Goddard, man, flashed. Obviously, the touchdown, yeah. but had a couple really nice plays. I hate to stop reaching for the end zone, you moron. Like, it's the worst spot you can reach because if it goes out of the back of the end zone, it's their ball. But on the whole, I thought a, a, a nice game from those guys. So it's funny. I didn't actually notice – that that's a good point i just like watching it live i didn't notice it but i oh will my say God. i was losing my mind like really good job by him though to get out of bounds too yes though. yes like, and to carry to his save, momentum. save them a time it was out huge. it was um, huge yeah, I, don't, yeah, I don't know if they end up scoring without it um early in the pod you talked about how the announcers kind of focus so much on him and it, the focus should have been on hertz and that's probably true but and we both agree like still a great catch like great catch great by catch him. Yeah. yeah i i didn't when i said that i definitely was not trying to diminish how great no, a catch know, it yeah. was it was just if you had heard it and anyone who was watching the broadcast who's listening will know what i'm talking about like they just gushed and gushed gushed about the catch and i was like what about that throw man that throw yeah the throw was, was unbelievable yeah um yeah i mean the throw to Ertz, like the one thing they did a lot in training camp was they tried to hit Ertz down the field on a place just like that and they had it and it worked and it was just a bad throw from Ertz, like flat out so um yeah super positive from the tight ends and you know just overall like this is a debate we've had the offseason and we'll see where we ultimately land on it but like this idea that the eagles like failed carson like they invested a lot of high level picks into skill position players and you know it was clearly like we said earlier in the pod like doug played a part in that and all that but like you could see how like things could change very quickly with this and it doesn't change in one week but Kenny Gainwell, Miles Sanders, Jalen Rager, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. Like, those five players right there were all, you know, Gainwell wasn't, but, like, all high picks, all guys that they've invested in, and they all have potential. And it's just one game, blah, blah, blah. But, like, you could see how quickly the narrative about this team not having young skill position players could change. All right, uh, the defense. Uh, Just in general, obviously, you know, we've talked about the narrative with the defense where they struggled early you know, locked down for some big plays, but then really, really a fantastic game from there forward and really, you know, um, tightened up when they needed to, made some big plays and really shut Atlanta down from there forward, like completely, you know, Calvin Ridley at first drive, you're like, oh my God, this guy's going to have a thousand yards receiving today. And and he was like, done, you know, so um, adjustments, all that good stuff. Who stood out to you and what did you see from the day? So the defense is one area where I'm not, like leaving the stadium feeling good about it and like props to them six points all those things like they had a good game but i do think that's one area where you have to look and go like i don't Some know question man. marks like raise yeah like no. the falcons are super bad on offense yeah. and you know ryan actually ironically died i actually like he thought i thought he did a better job than i expected of avoiding pressure i thought he could have been sacked a lot more but I thought Arthur Smith just called like a really bad game. Like I thought there were just lots of times where he blew it. And there were also lots of times where the Falcons, I mean, they had 144 yards and six points. Like that's almost impossible to do. And then they had a, later in the game, like they, you know, they're, they're down close to the goal line and they get penalties and penalties and all those things. So like, 
I, I, I think there's positives about the defense. Like, the defensive line was dominant. That's what we talked about in the preseason. That's what they have to do to win. Like, ultimately, Calvin Ridley didn't end up hurting them that much. And I, I, I'd have to go back and see, like, who followed him on what snap. But it's hard for me to say Darius Slayer, Steven Nelson didn't play well when Calvin Ridley didn't do much. Like, Cal Pitts didn't do much. Like, all those things are true. The run defense was really bad. But I left the stadium feeling like, okay, Sirianni and Jalen Hurts are legit. I don't think I felt that same way about the defense. And I think if they play the exact same game they did today against the Niners, like they're probably giving up close to 30 points. Yeah, 100% with you. There, there are concerns. There are you know issues. And those first two drives were obviously terrifying. But, but you know, there still is talent on Atlanta. I do think it was a bad call game. And so, but the Eagles still did after two horrible drives where their defense was on the field for, you know, well, like three quarters of the first, you know, you know, first half and plus the right. game, you know, like I, for them to bear down and make plays and not give up much and, you know, kind of tighten up in the run game. I, I think, you know, credit where due. I, I'm with you. I have concerns. I'm not sure. We will we'll see where they go, especially in the run game moving forward. But, you know, it's not like Atlanta has no talent on offense. The line wasn't great, but they, they have some talented guys and they were shut down after early stuff. So I, I do like what we saw from an adjustment perspective and all that. But I agree. I wouldn't have thought it, but definitely 100% Elliot coming out of game one. I am way more concerned about the defense than the offense, which is a, a shocker. All right. A uh, couple last things uh, before we get out of here. Um, um, Carson Wentz tracker still stinks. <laughs> Dude. Oh my God. Good. Like yes. it, it's so, it's so funny to see some of the tweets coming out of Indianapolis and if you don't think, like, if you're one of those people, it's like, who cares about talking about Carson? Sorry, we're going to talk about him literally every single week. So, oh, yeah, just, I, yeah. dude, I, that was the, the, the Carson Wentz tracker will be here every week. So yes. get ready for it. And still stinks. 0-1 Colts uh, well, tied for the first pick in the first round, assuming he plays the game as of right Potentially now. tied soon for the with the Miami Dolphins, who the Eagles oh, also buddy. Yes. But, um, uh Yeah, buddy. My favorite tweet I saw, two favorite tweets I saw come out of the Colts game. One was someone said, I haven't seen the Colts offensive line play this bad in, year, and I'm, in years. <laughs> wonder why. Yeah, I'm thinking, hmm, I wonder why that is. We'll, we'll um, get at, you know, I don't know. Nothing and obviously, obviously Jalen is better in the pocket and more mobile and all those things, but it was pretty funny to see that tweet where, like, Carson's just – once again, holding on to the ball and other things. And then Jalen, I think, like I said, got sacked one time all game. So that, and then I didn't see Carson's fumble yet, but the fumble, the tweet I saw about it you was. You sent me the tweet, which was yeah. Amazing. It's like, it was pretty impressive. He fumbled on a quarterback sneak without getting touched. Oh. It's just like, after five years, he is who he is. The Colts aren't going to be good. The Eagles are going to be better than the Colts this year. I've said yeah, that. Like I, I'm 100% with you on this. Like, lock yeah. it in. Um, so. All right. Um, uh We'll obviously get into more of this stuff, like some more deep dive specific stuff. Um, you know, our next pod this week, we'll, we'll dive into something, you know, Quez returning kicks, Rager returning puns, whether we like all, you know, all the kind of specific stuff. But last thing for me, Elliot, I might be jumping the gun, but there are, as we finish this recording, two minutes and 55 seconds left in the fourth quarter. And the Denver Broncos are winning 27 to 20, excuse me, 27 to seven, excuse mm. me. Against mm. New York Giants, Elliot Shore Parks, I feel very confident in saying the 1 0 Eagles are alone in first place in the NFC East. Well, James, we're wrapping up the first. <laughs> we're, 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 oh, buddy. Let's go. We're wrapping up. Wait, 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 when did week one go better? I mean, what, what are we doing here? Like, what a week. I'm so happy. So, we're, we're wrapping up week one with the Eagles in first place. 
I don't know when it'll become official, but we will wrap up week 18 with them in first place oh, as well. I love it, buddy. Look, let's let's put it this way. You've been saying that a lot, and this time is the one I feel it the most, buddy. I'll tell you that Love one. it. I yeah, love it. It feels like it certainly doesn't feel not possible. I'll tell you that much, Elliot. It does not. Well, I'm happy to have possible. Happy James back. You had, oh. you had a tweet when you said you were walking around saying, Go Birds, everyone. I you, swear on my life, that's what I did. I was walking. Oh, no, I believe it. Go Birds. Yeah. Oh, and, I, 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 I only I added when I went, Go Birds, baby, to one person. So I was, I was well, right. Jack Fritz is just steaming somewhere. Yeah. But well, also. You know, it's his loss. He's missing out. That's his worst take. I'm just happy you're in your happy place, you Me know? Me too, just... man. Me too. And and I'm happy that uh, you were right, man. And at least so oh, far. I'm happy too. One weekend. Yeah. One weekend. No victory Honestly, I already feel yet. vindicated. I, I already know, feel vindicated. I know, but no, I know. no victory ups yet. But one weekend, man, looking pretty prescient. Looking pretty good, buddy. And um, if, if they win the NFC East, I might take a literal victory <laughs> lap. Like, I'll have to decide where to do it. But I literally might take a lap with, like, yeah, I was we right. Need to, we need to, like, bring you around the city with some sort of ring and have people get down on their knees and kiss the ring. Because it, it would be deserved. Or Howard can kiss something else. Hey, you know? uh, so, oh, buddy. I yeah, mean, yeah. like, let's just say, uh, on pace. Because my yeah. man had three touchdowns today. And uh, the number is 35. And um, those are good at math. Three times seventeen is a lot more than thirty-five. So, uh, and it's one fifty-one, and I believe. Yeah, right. So, off top of my head, on so. pace, buddy, on pace. All right, uh, you got any final thoughts before we get out of here? Literally one final thought, and then we'll move. We'll we'll wrap up this victory pod. Shout out to everyone that traveled to Atlanta. Like, I think sometimes in this profession, I take things for granted. And having not gone any road games last year, not seeing Eagles fans that traveled. It really is a super cool part of my job that, like, I walk around the city and there's Eagles fans and we talk football and just, I don't know. It just, I think because I didn't do it last year, I really recognize it this year. So shout out to everyone that did it. The fans of Philly obviously killed it again. So another positive about the weekend. That's super awesome, man. Shout out to everyone who went, and uh, it's great to have that back. And uh, my final thought is a, uh, a simple one, I think a poignant one, and uh, I think the perfect one after a th- 32 to 6 victory to start off the season in Nick Sirianni's first game as that coach and Jalen Hurts' first game as a starting quarterback. And in the first game of this season, as they sit 1 0 alone in first place, the NFC East, I say this with as much emphasis as I possibly can. Go, Birds! Mm. He's Elliot James. We'll talk to you guys later.